1: 1017 FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, Aaron on vacation. Louis R. Avalone from American Ground Radio joining us this morning. Uh, thank you for coming in.
0: Absolutely. Good morning. So grateful
1: for you being here. Glad uh, to be here. Bozier Mayor Tommy Chandler um, has been talking about, you know, instigating term limits in Bossier. Uh He he talked about that several months ago with us. Um, it's not as simple as it seems, though. Seems well, like there I mean, are...
2: <laughs> it's not very simple when you have politicians who have been in power for 20-plus years, and they're not ready to go. Right. So that makes it very difficult, but Mayor Chandler certainly is in favor of term limits. Uh, the folks in Bossier City gathered enough signatures to put it on the ballot. And, the and sti- that's the key. Absolutely. Yeah, And the city attorney has sent out for a third-party attorney opinion on the matter with respect to whether or not it can be put on the ballot using those signatures, et cetera. And, you know, there were some objections that were raised with respect to putting it on the ballot, whether those signatures were valid. They didn't have the date of birth of the – Individuals who signed that petition. However, uh, the voter registration number was indicated alongside those signatures. And of course, if you have the voter registration number, you then have access to mm-hmm. all of the pertinent data that you would need. So the city of Bossier hired a law firm out of Baton Rouge uh, to render an opinion with respect to putting this on the ballot. One of the recommendations from uh, this law firm was... Well, you can get an attorney general opinion. Now, the attorney general has since decided we're not going to weigh in on this issue. This is a matter for you, for you, the local government there uh, to take care of. The other recommendation from this outside law firm uh, was for the city council just to adopt a proposed ordinance to amend the city charter to provide for term limits. Which they could do on their own, so mm-hmm. the city council can do this all by themselves. They don't need the signatures. They don't need a petition. Uh, they can. The city council members there can decide.
1: But that's like somebody investigating themselves. Well, I mean, it's not going to. Uh, there's a, an article by Dr. Jeff Sato um, on on the Hayride that talks about this, and he says uh, no party. counselor Jeff Darby. Republicans David Montgomery Jeffrey, Vince Maggio and Democrat Bubba Williams previously had voted down an attempt by Chandler to
2: put on the August 1st agenda absolutely the mayor looked into it whether or not he had the authority Mm -hmm. on his own independently of the council to place this matter on the ballot uh, insofar as he has the signatures the petition from the citizens of bosier and it was his opinion that he did not have the authority and that all he could do is put the ordinance before the city council and to the extent that they did not want to put it on the agenda then they wouldn't put it on the agenda Mm -hmm. but the people of bosier have spoken i mean it's it's very plain that they want term limits and so, or did they at least want the option to decide. Well, yeah, put well, it on the ballot, uh, of course. But you know, again, this was the Bozier term limit limits coalition's petition. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a part of a group, I, I believe. Duke Lowry is one of those members leading that group that obtained all of the signatures that were necessary. The uh, it, it, the number of signatures were certified uh, by the Registrar of Voters there in Bozier Parish, uh, Stephanie Agee. And it was 2,715 verifiable signatures. Okay. And uh, they ended up uh, uh, certifying uh, almost 3,000 of those. So it's very plain. It's very clear. The city of Bosier the people of Bosier Uh, They certainly – I would go as far as to say that if you sign that petition, you are in favor of term limits.
1: I would think so, yeah. So the next step, it's on the agenda for today's
2: meeting. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. It is. And so what – So could it be voted down again? Oh, absolutely. And, And look, this is a bedrock principle upon which our nation was founded. Absolutely. Limited government and and you know there's a lot of folks that say well let the people decide if they want to reelect a, a, an official over and over and over but there also are some critics that say the power of incumbency is just too strong i mean when you look at congress the reelection rate of incumbents is nearly 90% because right. the yeah the fundraising that is necessary and the longer you're in office, the better you get at fundraising and certainly the more money you are able to put in your, in your coffers. Uh, and, you know, as they say, uh, money is the mother's milk of politics. And, and, uh, but that's how we end up with, with the Joe
1: Bidens and the Nancy Pelosi's.
2: Well, yeah, you've got politicians that have spent their entire careers in Congress accumulating more power and more wealth with every passing Year, I mean, you know, term limits put a stop to this cycle, I believe, of self-interest. You know, by forcing our representatives to regularly step back into the real world, because I do think you get disconnected when you're in power <laughs> that, for that yes, long. Right, right. You begin to believe, uh, as uh, as my co-host Stephen Parr says, you begin to believe that you deserve the power, when in fact. And, and we see that on, on several
1: levels of government, even down to the local levels of government.
2: And, and you know, a lot of folks say, well, what about experience? Well, they understand how the system works. How well has that been working out for us so far? Right. And,
1: and i know the argument can be made well you know the 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 wheels of government move slowly and it takes time to to be able to you know get your legislation out or or whatever and you know you know you're on a committee and you want this person on this committee and you know if they if there are term limits they can't serve effectively i mean i hear all that i don't
2: buy it it, it just wasn't especially when we're talking about our federal government, Congress. That's mainly what I'm talking there about. There was never right. an intention for folks to go to Washington and, and remain and in stay Washington. And their entire lives. It was intended for citizen politicians. And yes, I get it. There are politicians out there that genuinely care, that work tirelessly for their constituents. And to some degree, you might be getting rid of some very good apples, so to speak. But... You know, that's the beauty of of where balance comes into play. You know, you can design term limits that strike the right chord between ensuring turnover and preserving the opportunity for dedicated public servants to continue their work.
1: Louis R. Avalonian Studio, Mike and McCarty.
0: Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.
1: 101.7 FM, 710 Keel. Mike M. McCarty, Aaron on vacation. Louis R. Abalone from American Ground Radio uh, in studio with us. The um We got a little bit of rain. Did you get rain at your house the other night? We did. We did. Well, I, I got just minimal. Ruben, you're, you're not far from me. You got a little uh, bit.
3: I slept through it. I have no <laughs> idea how much I got. I know it was wet when I woke up, so we got some.
1: I haven't looked in the backyard yet. I did huh. not look in the backyard.
3: Uh, I a big limb back there. I know. <laughs> I've got
1: two
2: limbs that are hanging from the previous, that severe storm. Oh, we had a huge limb come down in our front yard. You know, and I love trees. I think trees really add. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, I'm a huge advocate. Yes. To the property, right? But at some point, I'm looking at this tree and I'm like, okay, does this whole tree just need to come down? You know, there's there's enough of the tree that it's still the tree but half of it it's really gone you yeah. know as far as the tree top because it was such a large limb so anyway we'll probably we'll probably leave it we'll probably leave it yeah please do Leaf it <laughs> ah oh man yeah sorry
1: it's early uh, in the morning but i but but i i bring that up uh we did not get enough rain Really to uh help with the burn ban and the dryness, so the no. burn ban is still in effect uh no burning of any kind really not even grills or fire pits at this point it is so dry uh, they're still they they're dealing with of course fires it's weird that's weird to say right here in Louisiana we've got we've got wildfires
2: yeah well that, and that are you burning can, you can spark a fire by just flicking a cigarette out of the window Oops. and of course lots of folks do that if you stop at any intersection and you just look down uh, what possesses folks to think that it's okay to just flick <laughs> your cigarette butts and literally just about anything else out the window I don't, look, look, I don't
3: understand a, that thinking I'm a dirty smoker and I it's at the dollar store they're $3 a little cup holder ashtray that's all you need you know
1: thank you yeah well most I cars use, yeah. uh, do they still have ashtrays in them
3: no oh, they're gosh, not no. they're not built with ashtrays or or, or lighters not? anymore no they don't even have the lighters in there anymore you got to buy a lighter that's funny
1: <laughs> <laughs> that shows you I, well i don't pay any attention i couldn't even tell you I guess I guess my truck doesn't have a doesn't have an ashtray. My yet. two my two thousand six didn't have an
3: ashtray. My my nineteen ninety three had an ashtray. <laughs>
1: <laughs> remember the lighters you used to punch them down? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Six seconds later, it pop up, and you. That's what you used to. Then you used to. That's where you plugged in your electronic. Remember back in the mm-hmm. day to plug in your well,
2: phones. They, and yep. I think they do still have that part of it. Just not the lighter. But you just got to go to the automotive section
3: somewhere and buy a lighter if you want a lighter.
1: Well, now, what kind of lighter is that? Are you talking about the push-in lighter? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the port for the lighter is still there. Yeah, absolutely. But you got to buy the actual lighter part separate.
1: Okay, tell I haven't smoked since <laughs> my days in country radio back yeah. in the 80s. Also, back on we the subject. We smoke in the control room. <laughs> right.
3: Back on the subject, uh, uh, chains or anything metal hanging off of your vehicle. I saw, uh, God, what was it? Friday, Friday I saw on the way here somebody driving with a trailer and a tow chain was just dragging on the ground shooting
1: sparks just everywhere. sparking. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You gotta watch that. Yeah, burn band's still in effect, so uh uh please be careful. Uh, they're already fighting fires still in Beauregard Parish, and uh near Cassatchy, so uh
0: yeah, just just take care of that. Uh, 1017 FM seven. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017FM and 710 Kiel.
1: I got a text from uh, a friend of mine. <laughs> his power went out about the same time mine did. Uh, was that Sunday night? Late Sunday night? Well, yeah, that late Sunday night. Yeah, that's when that storm came in about nine o'clock, and uh, mine came back on about four four fifteen, and um, I was texting I was texting with him later in the day, and, and uh, apparently his hadn't come back on, and he's only like a couple blocks away from me. So, yeah, he made the comment, well, the privileged above the rest of us. I was like, dude, they don't know who I am.
2: Well, I'll tell you one way you can fix all of this, you know, with folks' power going out, is just convert 100% to solar and wind. Because oh, yeah, there you go. that would have fixed everything, right? Yeah. Because your power would have not come back on for days. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's do wind farms. We know how successful those are. Of course I'm saying that tongue in cheek. I know. Folks that <laughs> might be listening. <laughs> yeah. What L- is L- said, L- L- Go to <laughs> solar. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it, it look, it works, I'm sure, uh, in some instances. It's just not reliable. No. It's not consistent. And it, it might be a way to augment, I don't know. There's not a switch that you can flip when the power goes out like that. Yeah. Uh, Especially if it's cloudy and there's no wind. But the schools that were affected by the power
1: outage, uh, a lot of schools were closed yesterday. Uh, They're, from what I understand, those schools are all back open, including Broadmoor Stem, Caddo Middle Magnet, uh, Eden Gardens. Those are, those schools are going to be back open today. And we'll talk with Michael Corbin from SWEPCO Excuse me, about an update on their power restoration
0: efforts. Next, Mike and McCarty with Lewis R.M. Rf- Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. And on the Jack
1: Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning, Michael Corbin, the Grand Poobah at Swepco. Isn't that your official title, Michael?
4: Uh, that'll work for the day.
1: I never can get that straight.
4: <laughs> External Affairs Manager is uh, official, but, uh, uh, you know, I answer to most
1: anything. Extern I'm writing that down. Not that it'll matter. External, External Marital Affairs Marital affairs, affairs Manager. <laughs> That's what you heard, Marital. Affair. Manager. Okay. Uh, I was looking at the SWEPCO outage map this morning. Uh, looks like you're, we're in much better shape than we were about this time yesterday.
4: Yeah, uh, Cruz made significant progress yesterday. And uh, we're down to just a little over 2,000 outages. System wide in, in all three states that we serve. And uh, in Shreveport specifically, we're around 1,500 remaining. Bossier, is, it's kind of a normal day. There's about 18 outages in Bossier and three in the Houghton area. So, um, making progress. You know, if your lights, if you flipped your switch on this morning and it's still warm in your house, uh, the progress you want us to make is at your circuit, but, uh, I think we'll have it all wrapped up today.
1: Okay. Did you find out like uh in like certain areas like was it existing conditions like like I know I've got a limb hanging uh were you able to determine things like that or was it just new storm damage with the winds?
4: It was primarily new damage uh with the wind and entire trees. Uh, falling, you know, becoming uprooted and falling out of the ground um, outside what we would call the utility right-of-way into lines. Um, you know, there was a very visible issue that a lot of people probably saw on Uri Drive um, in front of uh, Strong's on Uri, where multiple crews were working uh, a good part of the day, had to replace a pole that had three transformers on it, replace a pole across the street and then actually close Yuri Drive last night uh, for a while to stretch wire back across the road. so very tedious time-consuming um, repairs and and that's why we weren't able to, to
5: wrap it all up yesterday.
1: OK, uh, we still got excessive heat uh, this week. We get a little bit of reprieve, but we're looking at triple digits again next week. Uh, Michael Corbin with Swepco, uh, external marital affairs manager. Michael, do you have tips um, on on helping that kind of conserve energy and getting people through what's been a difficult several weeks?
4: Well, sure. You know, it, and it's uh, a lot of it is common sense. It's try to uh, bump your thermostat up, especially if you're not going to be home, bump your thermostat mm-hmm. up a couple of degrees. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, while one person bumping it up a couple of degrees doesn't make a difference. If we have 150,000 doing that, then that helps. Uh, that helps the system and that helps your bill. Uh, keep curtains and blinds closed as much as you can, and uh, keep doors closed. Um, so you know, just all those little things seem like small things, but they but they certainly
5: add up.
2: Now, Mike, uh, in Maui, the electrical company there is being blamed for the starting of those fires. Insofar as they did not de-energize the lines when they were making some repairs and some upgrades. Is that a concern in in our area with respect to the work that AEP Swepco does and what is the protocol for de energizing lines, especially when we are in this, you know, period where we have such great risk for fire?
4: Well if, if there is work being done, then certainly safety's first and the and the lines are always de energized for the workers' safety. Um, you know, in an emergency situation, we, we take each of those emergencies separately. Um, sometimes things happen fast and, uh, sometimes we, we have some prior notice of what's going on. Um, but, but we would do everything that we can to err on the side of safety.
1: We know there were schools closed yesterday. Um, any, any schools that you know of that it, are closed, from what I understand, it, everybody will be open.
5: It
4: looks like the largest remaining uh, concentrated area of outages is in that area around Eden Gardens Elementary and uh, <clears throat> excuse me and Caddo Middle Magnet. Uh, so uh, the last I heard yesterday evening, those two schools would be closed again today. I'm not sure about other schools, uh, but I think they they tried to make that call, you know, pretty early yesterday evening just to give parents. Uh, and students time to make, make some plans.
1: Okay. I, now I did see a report that uh, that those will be open today. Okay. And we'll they do, specifically, it, it? yeah, they mentioned Caddo Middle Magnet and Eden Gardens. So. From... And
4: and schools are one of our priorities. You know, we want to get them back online and uh, get the kids back in school, and just one one less worry for parents knowing that their kids are at school.
1: Michael Corbin, thanks for your time this morning. We appreciate it.
4: Good
1: to be with you I'll Have a great day. Talk to you soon.
4: 1017.
0: Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. I'm gonna go
1: out on the limb. And and I'm thinking. Lewis R. Avalonian in studio with Mike and McCarty while Aaron is on vacation. Of course, Rube is here. Thank you both of you, for being here. Um,
2: Absolutely. But
1: I, I'm going to say, I'm going to just do, take a wild stab, neither one of you are, are hunters. No, no, not yeah. for a long time,
4: no.
1: <laughs> I, I did as a kid. I remember squirrel hunting. And, now, wait yeah, a minute, wait a minute. I have gone I'm, deer I'm a hunting. bargain hunter. <laughs> okay. <Does that count? laughs> yeah well, I would say you don't need to be armed for that but uh in in twenty twenty
4: three yeah i right? uh, i
1: I don't go any place not armed anymore. I've seen too much lunacy out there absolutely um but it's uh there is uh, some good news for hunters uh and those firearms owners. It's a sales tax holiday mm. this weekend. For um uh, firearms, ammunition, and specified hunting supplies, like archery items, hunting apparel, even, and even certain types of knives, you know who, in some who states- goes hunting with knives uh, crazy people <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess it depends what? on what you're hunting. Well, you know? it's an accessory, right? I mean, I love knives, but uh, but now things not included are uh, hunting dogs. No sales tax break on hunting dogs oh, yeah, no. animal feed, <laughs> off-road vehicles and no. vessels. so you can't go get an airboat and, and get and save on on that Louisiana state sales tax. That's the only one that you're getting a break on is the state sales tax. Oh, so good. Now, so but guns, bullets, and knives. Yeah, there uh, you go.
3: That's it. Okay. And yeah. for those
1: of us who are gun owners, that's some good news. Sure. To pick up some, uh, some ammunition. ammunition I, sure, need, absolutely. I need some ammunition for sure.
2: Yeah. yeah. And in most states, you know, having a sales tax holiday might not be that big of a deal. But in Louisiana, where we have the highest average sales tax of oh, any man. state in the union, oh, it's a big deal. Yeah, Very big deal. I mean, in Louisiana, we pay an average combined sales tax. Now, this is state and local of 9.55%. Now, that is ahead of Tennessee, which is at 9.548%. Ah. So we just eased past them, right? <laughs> the it's, photo finish. It's always nice to be on top. But our statewide sales tax is 4.4 or okay. 5%. So when we're talking about those savings, that's right. what you're really talking about. Is yeah,
1: a 4% savings, but you're saving on the sales tax, the state sales tax.
2: Yeah, and you know we really need some reform in Baton Rouge with respect to our sales tax because it definitely has a chilling effect on Our business climate. Absolutely. Attracting businesses to our community, whether we're business friendly or not. And when you look around at all of the other states surrounding us, they're doing all that they can to reduce the tax burden of their citizens. You know, Texas, no state income tax. Right. Arkansas, Mississippi, they're all working in that direction. Some of them can't get there overnight. But nevertheless, they're working to reduce that burden. And look at what you see in Texas. You see just a flood of new businesses. And yes, lots of Californians exiting, right. uh, you know, that failed when socialist When they can get a state. U-Haul. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, and lots of Texans are saying, don't Californian my Texas.
1: Right. Yeah, you left for a reason.
2: Don't bring that reason here. But nevertheless, your economic policy of your governor, for example, can have a tremendous effect on your quality of life.
1: Elections matter. Louis R. Avalonian for the vacationing. Aaron McCarty. Mike McCarty, 1017 F. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Micah McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, all along with Lewis R. Abalone in for Aaron McCarty on vacation. Uh, Richard Llewellyn with the Weather Channel joining us this morning. Richard, good morning, sir.
5: Good morning. How are you this morning?
1: I'm doing well. I know you're busy tracking Idalia. How do you, is that Idalia? How do you say it? Uh, Idalia. Idalia. Okay. Yes. Um are, we're not going to even get any rain. It's in the Gulf of Mexico, but it's really heading east toward Florida. I know there's an expected landfall in Florida, but we're not we're not expecting anything in uh, in our area, are we?
5: No, we're probably not going to see uh, anything from it. Uh, the way the system is tracking right now, looks like uh, it is a strengthening hurricane, expected to be a major hurricane uh, with winds up up to 120 miles per hour at landfall in the big bend area of florida probably this time tomorrow morning was when we'll see the landfall of the system and then the system moves on up into georgia and the carolinas and will be offshore of the east coast as we move into the labor day weekend but modeling is kind of hinting around that it may actually try to make a loop in the atlantic and may try to hit florida a second time uh, over the uh, late in the labor day weekend or early next week Uh, so uh, we'll be watching that some of that leftover moisture may get its way back into the Gulf of Mexico again and it may send some moisture up our way but that's way out in the long range and you know it, it, it's going to all determine on how much of a storm we have left once it tries to make a second crossing in Florida but you know it's something that we're going to be watching closely as we move on here right now the chances of us getting any anything out of that is probably you know in the single digits in regards to you know getting any type of precipitation out of it we look relatively dry here for the next few days and hot in fact the humidity values are expected to stay pretty low here uh, across the architects over the next few days that's going to keep the fire danger threat pretty high here and uh, you know you don't want to try to do any outside burning at this time because a fire can easily get out of control in these dry conditions maybe by the weekend though uh, there are some hints that we may see a Couple of spotty showers and thunderstorms over the Labor Day weekend, but even then, the rain chances are less than twenty percent. So I think you're just going to have to be in the right spot at the right time to see some of those showers and storms popping up as we move into the holiday weekend coming up.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at my Weather Channel app now, and I, it's like the best the best shot we have is on Sunday uh, at about twenty two percent. We're at low low nineties, kind of mid nineties. For most of this week, but then it starts creeping back up, and then Richard, we're going to get back into triple digits again by middle of next week.
5: Yeah, we sure are. In fact, I was looking at uh, the longer range out all the way out through our 16 days that that we can see, you know, uh, here. And one of the things that we see uh, is uh, that once we probably get out toward Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, we're going to lock into around uh, 100, 101 for daytime highs. And I think we're going to stay there all the way out uh, to September the 12th. In fact, we could probably go, you know, seven or eight more days with temperatures, you know, that are at the century mark or just slightly above that. So we're not done with the triple digit temperatures. It looks like they're going to try to make a return, you know, uh, shortly after Labor Day and will probably stay with us for a week or two. And really those signs that we're going to cool off anytime soon, the dry conditions and the warm weather, it's going to probably persist all the way out, at least through the middle of September, the way things are looking right now.
1: This is crazy. Is this unprecedented, going this this late into the summer?
5: Not really. I mean, you can have it. We probably see this probably once every, you know, 15 or 20 years or so where we get, you know, some, you know, late season triple-digit temperatures. Not really out of the ordinary for us. but. It can happen, I mean, and I think that's what we're seeing right now. I mean, we could really use some rain, but, you know, even looking out in the long range, we just just don't see anything that's got got any real promise for any type of precipitation for us. You know, and, and if we could get some rain and maybe a cold front that would come down, that would be just great, but we just don't see anything like that all the way out through the middle of September at this point.
1: You say it's a high pressure dome that's kind of parked over this central part of the country basically is what's causing this in El Nino is that what you were saying earlier
5: Yeah it's kind of a we're kind of locked into an El Nino phase right now of course we will start to see more of that as we get you know further along into the fall and winter in regards to how it will play a role in our weather because once we get into the fall and winter we'll start to tap more of a subtropical jet and that will start to help to bring more gulf moisture northward and these little impulses you know usually in an El Nino winter we see more of a southern storm track where we'll be dealing with you know one system after another that will bring us the potential for some rain shower and thunderstorm activity but you know we still got to get through September and most of October before we'll start to see that type of impacts and you know, you know, between now and then there, a lot can happen, especially, you know, we haven't even made it to the peak of the hurricane season yet, which happens on the 10th of September. You know, one thing once we get past the peak of the, of the hurricane season, get into October, we're kind of in our dry period right now. Uh, I think we're going to start to get a little bit better handle on what October, November and December are going to ha- deliver for us in regards to increasing rain chances and the uh, chances for some cooler weather coming, but not anything that I can hang my hat on right now.
2: Ugh. So, Richard, did your climate models from earlier in the year, for example, did it show that we were going to be under these, you know, really hot, hot conditions like we are? And And if they did show them, why didn't you tell us?
5: <laughs> well, you know the the thing about it the thing about it is I mean it you know monthly models or or quarterly models, you know there's still some you know you have to kind of take them with a grain of salt in regards to what type of weather you can exceed All we can basically go on is what the trends kind of give us in regards to whether or not it's going to be hot or cold or whether it's going to be wet or dry. In regards to, you know, looking out into the longer range in regards to this, you know, I think that overall, you know, the indications were that we were going to be trending toward a, a hot summer pretty much came true in regards to that point. I think we would have liked to see more in the way of moisture for us in regards to this, you know, in the form of some daily thunderstorm chances. But, you know, where the ridge took shape in Texas and kind of locked in last month, it kind of has been the dictation. On whether or not, uh, we were going to see any rain. And so far it has just been locked in and kept much of Texas, the Arkwat and much of the central and southern plains hot and dry. And you know, now we're dealing with drought conditions and I, and it looks like the drought's going to get worse for us as we uh, move on through the next uh, four to six weeks of things, the way things are looking right now.
1: That's not what I wanted to hear. I was hoping you were going to have better news for me.
5: I wish I had better news. <laughs> I, I wish I had better news too. Unfortunately, but you know, right now it's it's feast or famine. It's it's either you're getting too much rain or you're not getting enough. And right now, you're not getting enough.
1: I wonder if somebody left the Barksdale bubble on like extra strength. If that's what happened. <laughs> Richard Llewellyn with okay. the Weather Channel. Thanks for your time, sir. Appreciate the update. Thanks, guys. One hundred and one seven FM
0: back with more of mike and mccarty on 1017 fm and 710 keel so grateful to have
1: lewis r abalone from american ground radio joining us does it make you more comfortable? I go, Lewis R. Avalon. Lewis R. Avalon. How does he do it? Uh, it's really weird. He really
2: Even winds it far. up. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, and he talks really fast sometimes. Yeah, he is a fast talker. I don't know if... That's it's... so much to say. Yeah. It, that's Of course, you know, when you do broadcast for so long, uh, especially if you, you know, like commercials. And, and I know and he's a meteorologist. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. By training, certainly. And so... You know, you have a you have certain amount of time in your in your schedule on the newscast that you trying to give. I don't know.
2: We pack a lot in.
1: He'll be in later this morning. Yeah, as a matter of fact, absolutely. I'm looking forward. I've never worked with him, so I'm looking forward to uh, having him in. He's a great guy, great guy. He he, uh, he and I have one thing, uh, at least one thing in common. We've both played Tevia. On stage, okay,
2: so I'll talk to him about that, yeah, oh, he'd love to talk to you about that
1: i uh I got a message from a friend of mine, Hey, did I miss you talking about James Green this morning? No, not yet <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet i I did get a call I, I and I think I might have mentioned this yesterday uh a a source of mine at the police station that uh that that told me this was last week that the body cam footage of his traffic stop has had been released right and so uh, uh along with erin we sent in a prr for that that body cam footage and she went and picked it up
2: yeah i, I think that's wonderful uh, it, you know and i think the citizens are grateful for the work that you all did there a lot of folks say oh really beating up on this guy james green really beating up on this guy no, I think that on social media, and the reason that folks are so upset about this is because he sat in city council chambers and accused Shreveport police of being racist, mm-hmm. and furthermore saying that whatever's wrong in Shreveport, whatever wrong is wrong in this country, is because of white people. And, and then you watch that video, and what a stark contrast it is to his comments because he's accusing shreveport police on one hand of discriminating against him pulling him over because of the color of his skin now the, and when you watch the video it's it's the complete opposite
1: of right that. the 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 traffic stop was initiated because uh the tint on his windows exceeded city ordinance for Window tinting. yeah but that's it was none of your dark. that's none
2: of your business mm. yeah. the people what? who put the tent on this glass told me that I did not have to explain <laughs> to you <laughs> why I have that tent that that's not no, that's not why what he was talking about.
1: He was talking no, about when he was asked uh why he had a state police patch. On his wallet, he has a state police patch. And there's pictures of this on keelnews.com. From that video, you can clearly see a state police patch on the outside of his wallet.
2: Well, look, we have had an issue recently with elected officials impersonating law enforcement officers. Right, Right. So if a police officer in uniform in a patrol unit pulls you over... And you flash a badge to him, he has every right to question. Where'd Absolutely. You, where'd you get that? Why do you have that? And you just answer the question. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a reserve deputy. Uh, you know, there are lots of reserve sheriff's deputies, for mm-hmm. example. You know, you explain it. You don't sit there and say, it's none of your business.
1: When I was with the Bozier Police Department in the Reserve Unit, uh, my wallet had the had the badge behind the blue. They have kind of like a felt piece that goes over the badge, and then uh, to protect I, it, to protect it, keep it from getting scratched up. And then uh, I kept my driver's license behind my commission card. I had a commission card, um, and I never said ever to a police officer if I got stopped. Hey, I'm a cop. I'm a police officer. Never, never even said it, you know, but I would reach into my wallet. They saw and asked, who you with? And I told them. I mean, they asked
2: me, who well, are you with? Well, it seems like Reverend Green may have an issue with law enforcement. And I didn't
1: say it's none of your business who I'm with. I wouldn't even think to say something like that to a police officer. Well, of course, it's his business. It's his safety on the line, first of all. If you've got a badge, chances are you've got a weapon on you. And if you have a weapon on you and you have a concealed permit, you are required to tell that officer, I have a weapon on me. Well, I have a, a weapon felony. in my
2: vehicle. It is a felony to impersonate a police officer.
1: Now, I'm not saying James Green had a weapon. I'm saying – Right. No, I. I, I, right. I if a, when an officer asked me, why do you have this? I didn't say, it, it, it's not your business. It is his business. But that's what James Green told this officer for the Shreveport Police Department. It's not your business. It's, it's not correct. He said he was issued to him because he's certain kind of a person or certain person.
2: Well, and you remember back in 2020, uh, Shreveport City Councilman James Green was charged with simple battery because he forced his way into an eye care uh, clinic or retail establishment on Line Avenue. But I know we're running out of time, but Yeah, we gotta
1: take a break. Hold that thought because I, I do that was before my time with Keel. Uh so I I want to want to talk about that coming up. Mike and McCarty with Louis R. Avalone.
0: Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel.
1: Louis R. Avalone in studio for the vacationing Aaron McCarty. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710 Keel. I know I'm checking our... Uh, hold on, uh, shut up here. Uh, we were talking before the break. Uh, Councilman James Green and the traffic stop. You can read all of that and see uh, see the video of the body cam footage on KielNews.com. Uh, you said, though, during the pandemic... And this is before I came over to Kiel. I was still rocking that country radio during all of this. Um, but he caused an
2: issue at an eye care center on Line Avenue. Is that right? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was charged with simple battery because he was told he could not enter the store. Which is a private-owned business. He couldn't enter the store due to COVID-19 distancing requirements. And... An employee at the business who called Shreveport Police told that, told Shreveport Police that Green pushed her aside and entered the business despite being told not to do so. But you know why that is. Because he's a certain person. And certain persons don't is. respect social distancing guidelines. Certain persons don't wait in line. Certain persons shouldn't be asked – Why do you have a badge? Are you a law enforcement officer? If you're a certain person, there's certain things you don't have to answer with any certainty.
1: That's what he said to the Shreveport police officer when he said – when he was asked, why do you have this patch from the Louisiana State Police? And he said, "Uh, that's none of your business. told a police officer that – said uh, let me explain something to you now if i look at you lewis I go look let me explain something to you i'm sorry it's, how how demeaning is that to you it's confrontational it's you're you're an idiot descending you're an idiot so let me i have to explain this to you
2: but just think about i them. was
1: told i didn't have to explain this these were issued to certain people and i got one because i'm a
2: certain person so stop asking me questions yeah. But just think about this, the privilege that Councilman Green has in our community because he was not issued a ticket in this latest dust-up right. with Shreveport Police. Which was stopped for illegal window tint. And in 2020, when he allegedly pushed aside that employee at that optical retail establishment to force his way into the store – Shreveport police didn't arrest him, did not issue a summons. Now, they did refer it to the CATO DA's office for review. The CATO DA, Judge Stewart, said police could have made the decision to arrest him or not to arrest him, to cite him or not to cite him. Mm -hmm. And that was a decision he was basically not going to second guess. And so nothing happened. And here again, in this latest incident, Shreveport police decided not to issue him a ticket for the overly tinted windows, uh, allegedly overly tinted windows. Right. So, I mean, how many of us would have been given the same now liberty? I will say
1: in defense of uh, the D.A. in that instance – uh, Green wasn't issued a citation. He wasn't arrested. He, wa- you know, what's the DA going to do? Right. I mean, well, and you and can ab- bring charges, but if if there was no citation, there was no arrest. He he doesn't have much of a case. So I I, I do understand no action taken on his part in that situation.
2: And, and apparently, there was some testimony from the police officer saying that there was more than enough probable cause. With multiple witnesses to support a criminal charge at the time, back in 2020. But again, Shreveport police, and the police officer does have the discretion sure. to make that decision. Right, and I think by and large, it's often respected that that power, that right. Uh, but well, again, sure. I ask the question: How many of us would have been extended this? many courtesies given the circumstances. If we if we were not certain persons, which obviously we're
1: not, certainly. Louis R. Avaloni in for Aaron McCarty, 1017 FM 710 K-
0: Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Louis R. Avalone
1: in studio, Mike and McCarty Aaron on vacation. Of course, the uh, the governor's race heating up. You attended the Louisiana GOP convention in Lafayette Lafayette earlier this week, over the weekend. Yeah, over the weekend. Over on the Saturday, weekend. yeah. Um, it looks good, I would think, at this point for Landry, right? Definitely. You think? Well, sure. I mean, obviously, his fundraising is going well. And that's 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 what it boils down to.
2: And his poll numbers are extraordinarily strong. You know, if you combine all of his opponents, uh, John Schroeder, uh, uh Sharon Hewitt, uh, you add all those folks together, he still has more support polling-wise. Mm-hmm. You add all their money together that they've raised, he still has more money. So, you know, a lot of folks look at fundraising – and say, well, that's that's what the people want. Now, look, I'm not saying that money is always an indication because there's lots of races where the underfunded candidate actually wins that race. But I think in this instance, there really is no competition with respect to the experience level of Jeff Landry and not just as attorney general. He's a former congressman former law enforcement officer he's an attorney this is a man who has been shaped by multiple multiple agencies mm-hmm. that he's worked for whether it's the Lafayette sheriff's sheriff's office or working in congress he knows where all the dots are connected and i think that is something that our current governor john bell edwards I don't think he knew. I think it was a lot of on-the-job training. I think he was surprised to find himself in that position, being a state representative or state senator, serving in the state legislature, and then becoming governor, as he did. Uh, because, of course, uh, Vitter, Vitter was uh, thought to be untouchable.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, he you made, know, made a huge mistake, and, and which cost him everything. Now, I, I, politically, exactly. Politically, he he repaired his relationship with his family, uh, and you know he 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 made amends. But but politically, it it cost him
2: everything. And he's no less perfect than any one of us. Absolutely, I mean, we're all imperfect. We all live in glass houses, and unfortunately, at that time, the, the electorate said, "Well, we're going to give this." quote-unquote conservative Democrat a chance because he was pro-life. That seemed to convince a lot of folks. Pro-gun. Yeah. So, you know, a conservative Democrat is an oxymoron. Did he come out at that point and say he was pro-death penalty? Oh, no. He He never did? Never until this year. Until this year started talking about the death penalty. And look, as a Catholic, our Catholic faith, is in opposition to the death penalty. There's no doubt about that. And being pro-life is more than just being anti-abortion. Being pro-life is about respect for the dignity and the sanctity of life at every stage.
1: We're up against the clock. Hold on with us. 101.7 FM, 710 Kiel.
0: Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarthy on 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel.
1: Louis R. Abalone in studio for the vacationing. Aaron McCarty, Mike and McCarty, Stephen Parr joining us as well. What an honor. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Uh, American Ground Radio in with us this morning. Um, We were talking earlier. Louis, what is your official title with the uh, Republican Party here in Louisiana?
2: The the, chairman. The chairman. The chairman of the Republican Party of Caddo Parish. Caddo Parish. Yes. Okay.
1: Uh, we talked briefly about a little bit about um, the the governor's race coming up. And I know this is kind of before your time. Um, Jindal, whenever I heard Jindal speak, and this is before I was paying much attention at all, really, to politics like I, I do more now. Um, but it, what can you tell me? Obviously, he wasn't successful. And, and Stephen, you may know better, better than I do. Uh, what made him... Such a, 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 an abject failure in,
6: in many people's eyes. I think part of it was that he was more running for president than he was being governor, especially his second term. That makes sense. Uh, He was, he was focused on bigger and better things and he was a rising star up until the moment he gave the Republican response to Barack Obama's State of the Union address. And that was a very poor performance he gave that night. He, he was on camera. He was sweating. He was having a hard time getting his words out. He looked, he looked nervous. He looked like, you know, uh, almost a hostage video uh, and after that his his <laughs> stock started to fall rapidly and it's almost like he spent more of his time in the governor's office trying to recover from the failure of the response to the State of the Union rather than focusing on the job at hand he, he wasn't as focused on getting Louisiana to where it needed to be as it seemed like he was trying to set himself up with bona fides to be the Republican
2: nominee for for president And that also failed pretty hard. But I think it was also that he had to make some very difficult his administration had to make some very difficult decisions with respect to budget issues Mm -hmm. that certainly his administration was not responsible for wholly. They are they were issues that essentially had been you know, the proverbial can that was kicked down the road by administration after administration and there were some massive cuts In healthcare and higher education that obviously weren't very popular and and it was one of the reasons that when he left office, he was reportedly the second least popular governor in the country. And Jindal, he,
6: would, he, he would, never had the he never had a Republican supermajority in the House and the Senate, mm-hmm. and so it was a it was he was dealing with a different type of legislature too. So he was also having to balance that. So a, a governor wasn't a hundred percent in charge of everything that happened in the state.
1: Interesting. He was uh, governor two thousand eight to two thousand sixteen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So when he, it really wasn't that long ago.
2: No, no, it wasn't. That he left
1: office. but
6: everything before twenty twenty feels like forever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, 1017, we got to take a break. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Micah McCarty.
0: 1017
1: FM, 710 Keel, Micah McCarty in studio with Stephen Parr from American Ground Radio. Lewis, uh, he's got to go to
6: work. One of us has to.
1: Yeah. You, um, you're uh, pretty much full time with American Ground Radio. You do yeah. some meteorology stuff.
6: Yeah, still working for uh, in, in weather. Do uh, meteorology for the Salem News Channel. Uh, Moon Grafan has me on a, on his show the the Climate Czar all the time. So, uh, yeah. So I I keep dabbling in weather. Okay. And uh, you you
1: were a TV meteorologist for what fifteen years?
6: Yeah. Channel twelve. Yeah. Channel I was uh, Channel twelve for seven years. Okay. I was the chief meteorologist. They called me Storm Tracker Steve. So. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> so,
1: meteorologists, that this, we're dealing with this, this, uh, to me, I, I don't remember triple digit heat for as long as we've had it.
6: Yeah, actually not too long ago. Uh, but back for in as many days as we've had? For just about, yeah. And, and and I
1: drank a lot back then, so maybe I didn't remember. Uh early kidding,
6: I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> uh early two thousands. I think there was another one just off of recollection, somewhere around twenty ten. Uh there's another long series of, of days without rainfall, triple digit temperatures. So this is proof of global warming. No.
1: Right? No. I mean no, you're a meteorologist. I am. You
6: have to know that this <laughs> This is uh, uh, No, this is look, one of the one of the, the I was told to do that. I know. One of the um misconceptions about climate, okay? People go, Oh, oh my gosh. Uh look look at how hot it is this year and then next year, oh look at how wet it is, right? And so we go back and forth and they're like it's never been this before. One of the misconceptions is that climate is average. There has never been a perfectly average day. When you when you look at all the climate Data, right? Okay, okay the, the no, average I, temperature is exactly this. The average low temperature is exactly this. The average humidity is exactly this. Those averages are made up of the extremes. You take the extremes. You take all the stuff You're in the between. You put them all together and you average them. You take the mathematical average of them. That's how you get to the average. There's never been a perfectly average day. So if you expect every single day to be perfectly average, you're going to be going, oh, look at all this climate change. No, climate includes the concept of change because climate includes the concept of extremes. So to say climate change is redundant. Climate's always changing. We are on a ball that is spinning out in space. And, and we've got an uneven distribution of land and water. And we're being heated by another ball out in space that doesn't put out energy at a 100% constant rate. And oh yeah, everything's spinning. Why would you expect it to stay the same? <laughs> You know I'm 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 in the boat with you. I know. But, okay. But someone told you to get me riled up on purpose because they knew that if they just push the buttons, wind Steve up, he's gonna
1: go. <laughs> that was exactly the phrase. <laughs> yeah. yeah, But no, you know, I remember Rush talking about this, and and I'm not as studied as as I would like to be on it. Um, but climate, like you just said, in in what I have said, it's cyclical. I mean, sure. it's going to be an, a, a different average, if you will, right. from one year to the next.
6: And, and if, we are, if, it's, if there's any time of the year, if there's any time of the year in Louisiana when you would expect to see or when it would be most likely to see 30 days of 100-degree temperatures or 30 days without rainfall, It's right now. Right. This This is the time. Exactly. Right? And we'd be towards the the tail end of it as you get through mid-September. But it is not out of the ordinary to have triple-digit temperatures in September. That's within the realm of what is normal this time of year. Well, and look,
1: Santa Claus... Sometimes mm-hmm. comes to my house okay, on Halloween. <laughs> okay. And sits on the porch and hands out candy canes. Okay, sure. To the children. Yeah, that happens. And and so I know I know for a fact there have been several Halloweens. Santa Claus has sweated his <laughs> royal behind off. <laughs> right. Well he's he's because used he's, to much colder temperatures. He's used to much cooler temperatures. Yeah. He's dressed for the North Pole for sure. crying out loud. Yes, yeah. But end of October, it's chill.
6: Sure, Sure. it's hot. Is is all all you know? We're we're in the south. And by the way, so we uh, people will say, you know, hey, when is tornado season for for Shreveport, Louisiana? We are in the one part of the country where we pretty much have tornado season year round. All year, we're year in on. we're in Tornado Alley. That's the spring and and mid early to mid summer season where you have tornadoes coming around. And then we're also in what's called Dixie Alley. That's the second major tornado season, and that runs from late fall through uh, uh, early winter into January and February. And it goes from about Tyler, Texas, all the way over to atlanta georgia we're in both of those tornado seasons the one part of the year when we really don't have a high risk for tornadoes seasonally is now this is the time of year when we don't normally see a lot of tornadoes why because we don't normally get a lot of storms coming through right yes it is drier than average yes we do have hotter temperatures than average but this is the time of year when you would expect that type of a system to set up.
1: Now, the storm that we experienced, what, about a month ago, a couple months ago? Oh, the derecho. I'm sorry. Yes, the big wind storm. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh-huh. Was that an anomaly? I mean, that, that, I don't remember anything like that ever
6: um, with those high winds i'll tell you what there's a, a famous video on, on youtube it's a derecho it's a d it is basically d echo d, so derecho okay. um but the uh, it, it's a massive windstorm that lasts for hours and hours and hours. It's it, Another term for it is a, a mesocyclone. So basically what you have is you have a massive storm system that starts moving, and it's moving at like 85 miles an hour, and it, it can really start rolling. Now what happens is those things start rolling around. We, you talked last hour with uh, Richard mm-hmm. uh, about the high-pressure dome, right? right. So right. a derecho usually is running around the edge of a high-pressure dome. And that's what happened uh, back in. I think it was in early June. There was a high pressure dome that was set up in Texas, and the edge of it went from about Oklahoma City all the way down through Shreveport down to Alexandria, and that was the path that that storm system took coming through that area. And yeah, and it was
1: a it was a long section of it,
6: damage. If you want to see another example of it, there's that vi- a famous video on YouTube about a derecho hitting a St. Louis Cardinals game uh, in St. Louis. And uh, you see people trying to hide, and all of a sudden these trash cans just go flying, and the winds are just tearing off through the baseball stadium. And, and so that, that's an, another piece of video that you can see an example of it. They aren't, um, they aren't an everyday occurrence, but they do happen – they usually happen in the planes, and once they get going – they'll run for hours and hours and yeah. hours and they travel at very high speeds and they've got winds that are straight line winds but they have the force of uh, of a small tornado basically with their strength they just cover a much larger area but we ain't in the plains no but the storm started in the plains and kept going okay and just it just it started up in oklahoma it was uh, it, and was it an just experience. kept tearing through yeah. yeah as it goes around the outer edge of a high pressure dome and that's that's what we saw that night Yeah,
1: Stephen Parr in for the vacationing Aaron McCarty, 101.7 FM 710
0: Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel
1: Stephen Parr in studio for the vacationing Aaron McCarty, Mike and McCarty Uh, (laughs) I... You, you made a comment during the break. Power causes brain damage. Yeah. Now I've heard absolute power corrupts right. absolutely.
6: Yeah, that's that. Power tends to corrupt. Absolute power tends to corrupt absolutely. Yes. Right. This is why. Because power actually causes brain damage. so there's a so there's a rewiring of the brain. There's, there's a, a physical literal change in the brain. That's exactly right. There was a, a study that was done. Uh, they hooked everybody up to that was in the study, you know eight or nine people, whatever they they brought into a room. They hooked them all up to little uh, machines on their head, right? They got the, the little diodes checking for brain waves, right? And there's uh, eight or nine people sitting around a table kind of like this one, except, you know, not all the computers on it, just sitting there. And they bring out and there's – say there's nine people in the room. They bring out a plate of eight cookies. And then they turn to one person. They say, you are in charge. You are responsible for passing out the cookies. All right? Okay. And then that person will decide who gets cookies and who doesn't get cookies. And they watch the change in the brain function and – the person who was in power of, of, of putting out something as stupid, as silly, as just passing right. out cookies, right. they lost function in the part of the brain that controls empathy. They lost empathy once they got power, even over something as simple as cookies and it didn't matter how they divided it up with a, you know it's like well i'm getting all the cookies or, or you get cookies you get cookies even if they went i'm not going to get a cookie everybody else gets a cookie they still lost empathy in their brain that's the brain damage when you get power you lose the function in the part of the brain that controls empathy now there was only one group of people who did not get the brain damage that comes with power only one group of people they asked these folks why what 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 did you think about it? they said I did not deserve the power I had. Right. If you believe you do not deserve whatever power you have, then you keep functioning in the part of the brain that controls empathy. But if you ever start to believe you deserve your power, you lose empathy. And how many examples of
1: that do we see?
6: All the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. People get into power and they lose empathy for other people. And you can see this showing up over and over and over again. Now, I'm working on writing a book on this. And you're like, well, how can you write a whole book? You just said the whole thing in just five seconds. Well, because of this idea. <laughs> right. The transitive property in math. So remember back to geometry back in, in high school and the transitive property no, was but <laughs> uh, A equals – if A equals B – And B equals C. A equals C. Then A equals C. That's the transitive property. Look at me. Look at you. You're crushing it. (laughs) All right. So if power causes brain damage, think about it this way. Money is power. Sure. If you start to believe you deserve the money you have, you lose empathy in in the functioning in your brain. What, What if I believe I deserve more money? Yeah, there's a problem there. There's a problem there. You start to lose empathy for other people when you start to believe you deserve whatever power you have. Sure, Knowledge is power. When you start Mm -hmm. to believe – you ever known a smart person, someone really, really smart, and they were kind of a jerk? They probably believe they deserve the knowledge they have because they worked hard for it. I worked – I went to school. I went to graduate school. I went to doctorate school. I worked hard for this knowledge. Yeah, but that came from somewhere else. It wasn't yours to begin with. It came from someone else, somewhere else. If you start to believe you deserve the power you have, you will lose functioning in the part of your brain that controls empathy for other people.
1: See, I, I'm, I, am am automatically making a spiritual correlation exactly. with this, and it goes what you what you're describing goes exactly opposite of what
6: Christ teaches he said if you want to be the greatest you must be the least absolutely and all power comes from god now if you start to think of it all wisdom comes wisdom is a form of power right wisdom is a form of power but wisdom comes from god right true wisdom right true wisdom comes from god which means it's not yours It doesn't belong to you. You are simply a steward of it, just like the person designed to pass out the candy, the the, the cookies. You have simply been given in charge of this. You have been put in stewardship of this wisdom for now. When you're dead, it's no longer yours. So
1: what group of people weren't affected by the loss of their empathy portion of
6: their brain? People who didn't believe they deserved the power they had. Now, some of that was because they were spiritual people and they had picked up on the idea that really – True power comes from God, that we are we are simply stewards of what God has placed. Even, even our finances, we're simply stewards of it. It doesn't actually belong to us. It belongs to God. Which is
1: why some of this behavior we've seen is so disappointing.
6: When you start telling police officers, I'm certain people, you believe you deserve the power you have. Mm-hmm. Which goes against what the bible teaches us and it goes against servant leadership it goes against servant leadership and that's why power tends to corrupt notice that the the original phrase power tends to corrupt because even then back in the 1800s when the 1700s when they first started saying this phrase power tends to corrupt they knew that not everyone who got power was corrupted by it they didn't know why but it does tend to corrupt when you start to believe you deserve the power you had. You ever had a promotion at work and everybody's like you changed? Maybe you believe that you got you deserve the power you had. hmm Interesting. That's very interesting.
1: Stephen Parr, in for the vacationing, Aaron McCarty. Mike and McCarty. Back
0: with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017FM and 710 Kiel. In studio with Stephen Parr.
1: American Ground Radio, along with uh, Louis R. Abolone, and uh, you guys, Stephen, and, and I want to talk more about this in the next segment. But real quickly, you, you're you're working on several books, for I, crying out loud.
6: Yeah, I've got uh, four books in in the works. Uh, the, the first one is uh, called "The Second Sentence," and basically, uh, idea. Yeah, tell me a little bit about that. with just real quick segment here. You can take every single political idea you have, every single political controversy that is that exists. And if you look at what the second sentence of the Declaration of Independence says and you check that against whatever your opinions are on politics, you will come up with the right decision, the one that actually helps the most people, the one that's the most morally upright. But you have to read the second sentence of the Declaration of Independence and apply it to today's concepts, controversies and politics.
1: And the second sentence, of course, I know by heart, but it says – for
6: he, those, those that don't remember. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by the creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just power from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, instituting new government in its place based on such principles and organized in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Ruben, he wasn't reading.
3: I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> pretty impressive. I can barely remember my own song lyrics sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a reason for that, though. We maybe won't go little, into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Stephen Parr, I want to talk more about that. we got a quick break, and we'll talk more with Stephen Parr. Uh, Mike and McCarty, 101.
0: Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Stephen Parr in for the vacationing Aaron McCarty this morning. Mike
1: and McCarty, and in, in one thing, I, I know we we mentioned your, your books and the ideas that you're working on. Right. Uh, but then we also started talking about theater. <laughs> and I told Louis, I said, well, I know one thing that we have in common. We both played Tevia.
6: Yeah. Yeah, uh we got to play it at, uh, at the uh, the back alley theater down in Grand Cane and I got to, uh, my my daughter played my oldest daughter. Oh, and so it's just a, a special special moment to, be I able had, to do that.
1: Every night the the girl that played uh the oldest daughter the one that you, you know you sent off at the train station Oh, to yeah, Siberia. yeah. Yeah. And and every night I mean I just tears. Right. I mean every night. Yeah. And and I remember one of the young actors how do you make yourself cry? Mm-hmm. Like, so I, dude, I'm not making myself cry. Yeah, if you make you're yourself cry, you're moment. not going to get it. You're in that moment.
6: That's exactly right.
1: And, you know, I, I don't have to think of a dog that's passed in my life. I don't have to think of what if this was your dog? You have to allow yourself it's, to
6: feel the moment. It's You're just there. Yeah, yeah. So, That's how it works. I,
1: I, I know
6: I, I could talk an hour with you <laughs> <laughs> about theater. You've got some things coming up. Yep, going to be uh, in uh, Murder on the Orient Express uh, down at Back Alley Theater in Grand Cane coming up in October. Now I've I've not been there, not done anything there. I've it done is a it is a special little theater in the in the I've village of Grand I've heard nothing but great Cane.
1: things. Yeah, yeah,
6: it's neat. It's really neat.
1: I have to. I'm going to have to go down. and, well, and Check that out. Yeah,
6: check it out. Back, uh, back Alley Theater Grand dot com.
1: I was talking with a friend of mine at a, at a at a birthday get together with a bunch of friends a couple of days ago, and we were talking about Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. We were talking about Louisiana politics. He's he's he works for a a, um, a politician, an elected official, and and one thing that we said, you know, yeah, if if Joe Biden gets reelected, it's going to be devastating. For this country
6: right well it's continued the, the devastation continues well yeah,
1: yeah. He, he said it may be too late in some aspects already and you know the one comfort that we've taken as believers is you know in, in he says you know we know god is in control right and i understand that yes but god also will turn you over to your sin
6: go read the old testament there's time and time again you get a king that comes up over israel or judah and he says this king did that which was evil on the side of the god so he let it happen he's like you want this so bad you ref- you are a rebellious people you refuse to do what i tell you to do have fun yeah and that's what i'm afraid that's my fear for this country
1: is you know but, i mean go you go back to the 60s and we started turning our
6: back on god but part of the problem is we don't understand as a people we have forgotten what the founders knew which is that there is only one job for government but, there's one you said the flaw in the constitution well yeah that's so that's the the Fourth book I'm I'm working on yes. it's called the flaw in the and constitution I wanted, and I wanted we've just got a couple of minutes and I do want to get to that John Adams said our constitution our government is only designed for a moral and upright people it is wholly inadequate for the governance of any others okay so now that was John Adams that was John Adams and let me give you an example of why that is so there are many people who believe the 2020 election was stolen right right. And But they were saying Mike Pence should be able to solve this. Well, no. You read the Constitution. Mike Pence did not actually have the power to cancel that election because it, it says the vice president shall open and count the votes. Shall. Not may. Not could. Shall. So the point on that is the Constitution doesn't have a provision. What if someone steals the election? Because the Constitution wasn't designed for a type of people that would steal elections. Mm-hmm. That's why, that's why we ran into a constitutional crisis on that, is because the Constitution is only designed for moral and upright people. If you have people that are willing to steal an election, are those moral and upright people? No. So the Constitution is not designed for that, can't handle it, there is no mechanism to deal with it. That's a flaw in the Constitution. But the problem is, if our government is only wholly uh, meant for people who are moral and upright, what kind of government is appropriate for people who are not a moral and upright people? You start to study those kinds of governments, That's a nightmare. Look at prisons. Prisons are a form of government because you're governing the people that are Mm -hmm. in the prison. Well, that's an immoral group of people. Right? Right. What kind of a government is that? That is a totalitarian government. The only type of governments that might be appropriate for an immoral people are immoral governments. You want to live under that? So then the point is – The argument could be made we're already doing that. But the point is if we don't want to live under – a totalitarian government. If we don't want to live under an immoral government, then we as a people have to get back to being a moral and upright people because the only type of a free government is only suitable for a moral and upright people. You can't have a free government the president if the people are immoral and a governor can't do that. No. It has to be us. It has to be us. And by the way, governments, according to the second sense of the Declaration of Independence, governments are instituted among men We set up the government, and the only job of government is to secure our rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Whenever your government tries to do something other than those three things, securing your rights, your government's doing it wrong. I love having people smarter than me in here with me.
1: (laughs) Mike and McCarty with Steve.
0: Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Stephen
1: Barr from American Ground Radio in for Aaron McCarty this morning. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 fm 710 Kiel. I think that's fascinating. My brother-in-law has written uh, several books. Um, you know, we write a lot here mm-hmm. at the, uh, at the, at the radio station. That's yeah. part of our job now. All the time, yeah. Uh, and I actually enjoy it. So I, I'm I'm envious that you have the time. <laughs> I don't have I don't have the you time. Make the time I, I go to I go okay. to try and so make you just time. blew
6: my uh, my excuse there. Yeah, I, I I you know getting ready for the two hour show that we do from five to to seven. Uh, that takes up a lot of time. That's where I do most of my my writing is actually for those those shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that takes up a lot of time during the day so, because we want to make sure that we're bringing really good content to people every single day. Something fresh, something new, something you may not have heard somewhere. So what are some, uh, the couple of other books that you were talking about? Yeah, so the the second sentence, The Declaration of Independence, uh, right. that's, that's the first one. Every political view you have, run it through that sentence, see what it says. Mm-hmm. Uh, power causes brain damage that uh, when you get power, <laughs> it messes that. with the part of the brain that controls empathy. That's so interesting. The third book is called uh, the The Last Commandment. And the idea is that one of the things I, I do, I try and take complex issues and make them very, very simple. And so this one is uh, perhaps the uh, most arrogant one. But I'm trying to take all of Christianity and boil it down to one verse. And that verse is John thirteen thirty six, where Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. As I have loved you, so shall you love one another. All of Christianity can be boiled down to that one sentence because if you really want to understand how we're supposed to love one another, you have to go and look at how Jesus, how God has loved us. That is the whole point of that book. There were two experts
1: on on making concepts simple, Mm -hmm. in in my opinion. um, Billy Graham. Yeah. If if you watch any of his sermons, any of his crusades – It was very simple. Very simple. And Rush Limbaugh... Is a master at it. Rush Limbaugh was a master at taking you know difficult concepts and making them simple enough for people like me to understand.
6: Well that that was actually one of the, the reasons why I was successful as a meteorologist is that I was taking the concepts the, the difficult things about studying meteorology and I was making it to like everybody global warming. like every word or just <laughs> is it going to rain tomorrow you know and I just wanted to make that as simple as possible right. for people to understand because and it's not about talking down to people because everybody knows something you don't know. Mm-hmm. You start to think you're smarter than than somebody else everybody knows something that you don't know even if it's just they know how they feel and you don't everybody knows something that you don't know so you start sure. to think you're smarter than everybody else you're absolutely wrong but that doesn't mean that you can take you take what it is that you know and you make it accessible for other people freely was given to me freely i will give it to you and and that's kind of one of these these principles that i have i want to take what it is that i know and make it to where anybody can access this no matter where you are no matter how much time you have to study mm-hmm. it Stephen Part. Uh, you'll be here tomorrow as well. I will be back here
1: tomorrow. Tomorrow, eight o'clock. Wonderful. Thanks for coming in this morning. My I pleasure. It. Thanks for having me. Micah McCarty, Erin uh, on vacation. She'll be back on Tuesday. Monday's Labor Day. Hallelujah. One oh one seven FM. Did I just say that? Seven ten.